up, Rotoviz family? Welcome back to the On the Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS. You can find me at Salito FF and my co-host as well at TJ Calkins. We are here for the main slate of Championship Weekend. Uh, you know, obviously we only have two games to choose from, but as we've uh, come to find out, TJ is the master of the two-game slate. So let's see what he could help us win this week. TJ, uh, I was we were talking before we came on. I've only played cash in the first two weeks of the playoffs, but I have swept all my head-to-heads. I've swept all my double-ups. It's been uh, – I've made some nice money, nothing crazy. But uh, how did you do this past weekend, my friend? I think you did a little bit better. Yeah, I did good uh... – the main slate, I, I just kind of broke even. I had some uh, bricks on Saturday, but Sunday, you know, Daryl Williams helped a ton, and uh, the Sunday only slate was a very good slate for me. So no complaints there. Yeah, we spoke about Daryl Williams. You brought, you made a good point about him last week. As we know, Ceh missed, and Williams has been getting the touches over Bell. Uh, that is the second game on this slate. So we'll definitely talk more about those guys again later. But we're gonna jump right in. We have the old man game up first at the early game this weekend. The Bucks 23.75. The Packers at home 27.25 for a 51 point total. Let's start with the QBs in this game. Clearly, the two better, younger plays, uh, if you look at matchups this week, are in the second game. But you know, we have uh, two all time greats in this one. And regardless of what the defenses could do, for these teams, there's no doubt that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady will definitely have a say in who wins this game this weekend. Uh, Brady is back in championship game number 14. And Aaron Rodgers, for the first time, I believe it's his fifth NFC championship game, but the first time that he will play at home in a championship game this week. I, I actually like Rodgers. I, I did a quick cash lineup for this week, and I did land on Rodgers. In my lineup, um, listen, he had a three-game bonus stretch weeks 9 to 11, so he hasn't hit the bonus in seven weeks. So that is something to keep an eye on. I know that, but the guy has 50 touchdown passes to five interceptions in 17 games this year. And again, I do believe they'll be throwing a ball in this game. Um, and then, you know, we got Brady who hit the bonus four times in his last four games before last week's you know, I don't want to call it a dud or a stinker. The wide receivers didn't come through for Tampa last week, but they found a way to get the win. TJ, what are your feelings on these two quarterbacks here? Are you interested in either one of them? Or are you holding out for game two? Uh, I do have some interest in Brady. So uh, Rodgers is probably the guy to clear from this week at the quarterback position. Uh, the missing of the bonuses and the reliance on touchdowns, it, it, it can't be understated. Maybe it continues. I, I mean, Devontae Adams is essentially a goal linebacker or something at this point. So, you know, maybe those touchdowns continue. I could see it. But at the same time, I just have a hard time piecing together that Rodgers is the top scorer of the four this week. So uh, with Brady being the cheapest, and as you mentioned, the yardage being there, and at least one of the receivers having an easier time this week, uh, I'm not sure... I, I, I think one of the receivers get shut down, but I think uh, we're going to see Brady continue to roll. And that offense has been better since Brady has been involved over Gronk. I mean, it's just overall a better offense. So, yeah, uh, if I'm playing a quarterback in this game, and I will, 
it's going to be Brady. Yeah, you, you touched on a wide receiver, so I'll skip over to running backs for a second. We'll go back to them. Um, and also uh, Cameron Brait, who I was able to use him and Kelsey last week because of the, the high cost of Kelsey and the low cost of Brait, and that worked out well in my cash lineups last week. So I am definitely all about Brait. In fact, you could do the same thing this week. Kelsey at 8,000, you should, we'll get to that game, but you should pay up for him and slap Brait right in, in either in the, the tight end or the, the flex spot this week. But let's talk about uh, those wide receivers on the Buck side. All three of them disappointed last week. We saw some injuries. We saw um, Mike Evans just just not look good. Again, all reason, this all year they've been reasonably priced, 5,800, 5,400, 47 for AB. AB got a little banged up and didn't play in the second half. I thought it was going to cost me uh, my cash liners, but luckily a few other guys came through and carried the day for me. He's not practicing, but Arian said he does not need to practice this week to play. So, I mean, is it the same standard as it's been all year for you? Godwin has been your guy over everyone. He's the middle-priced wide receiver. So is it back to Godwin this week for you if you're choosing from one of those three? Uh, honestly, I, I I mean, my MO this year and for my whole life is kind of not Evans, and I, I think that's <laughs> kind of what I'm going to go with here. Uh, I think everyone is going to doubt AB here, uh, his health. And I, I guess there's reason to, but I think he's going to be a leverage play from an ownership perspective. Uh, I, I think his price is absolutely right. But uh, there are just a lot of options on the Bucks side. Uh, you talk about Godwin and AB, and you already mentioned Brait, who I think is a phenomenal play. And man, for someone who's generally not a two tight end guy, it really is attractive to play both Brayton Kelsey this week. Uh, we're, we haven't gotten to the running backs yet, but uh, I, I think we see that one of them is more attractive as a pass catcher. And that may not be the one that sees the bulk of the work this week. So that's a more difficult thing. We'll get to that. Uh, do you want to switch to Green Bay wide receivers here? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you got something you want to say, I think I know who you want to talk about. But well, I mean, Adams Adams is just established as must play, and I I think that's their best point of attack against Tampa. I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything on the ground successfully. So Adams at eight K is just uh, extremely attractive to me. I I, I guess uh, you can make an argument for one of the lesser guys, but I I'm just having a hard time getting there. I think. Uh, Playing great is a better way to go about it, you know, if you're looking at a flex spot. Uh, make sure he's in your uh, tight end spot, though, if you're playing him and Kelsey together, in case you need to pivot for the late game. But, uh, yeah, uh, Devontae Adams is just the guy to play on Green Bay, and there's one other guy I'm interested in here. Uh, Jamal Williams is seeing a lot of the work. Uh, he got plenty of carries but no targets last week. Now, the thing here. I don't think Green Bay is going to have any success on the ground. And uh, quite frankly, I think this might be a game that they're trailing in. So if you're talking about a running back that's going to see some targets, I, I, I truly lean Jamal Williams over Aaron Jones and he makes some things fit. So that's my uh, points of interest on the Green Bay side. Yeah. And just, just pay attention right up until game time. Just Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon are both limited right now. And Friday is going to dictate what happens. Um, Let's just say Williams doesn't make it, TJ. Um, are you back in on Jones then because it's just basically his backfield alone? 
But I don't know if it'll necessarily be his backfield alone, but I think the high-value touch is the targets are then funneled to him from the backfield. So, yes, I, I would be a lot more interested in Jones if Williams were to miss. Okay, and that that last guy we should talk about in this game. Uh, well, we'll talk about Robert Tunyon also, but Alan Lazard did have a monster 58-yard touchdown last week. He did drop another one. If you were watching that game, it was off his fingertips. Probably would have been longer than that 58-yard touchdown. He's reasonably priced at 4,200. He is you know, he is a favorite of Aaron Rodgers. If you wanted to pivot off of Devontae Adams in this game and pay up for Tariq Hill and Kelsey in the next game, and you pop Lazard in there as your as your wide receiver from the Packers side, it's definitely a different way to go if you try to, you know, counter on the people who are starting Devontae Adams and if they, they shut him down. Do we think Devontae Adams will get shut down? I doubt it. Nine receptions last week. The yardage was down to only 60 and change, but another touchdown in that reception total. Put him over the top again, put them back where he always belongs at the leaderboard. Um, I did mention Tunyon, if you're not a if you're not a sold on Braid or you don't want to pay up for Kelsey, which is a dumb move. Tunyon is in a nice spot at 3,600, and we know he's been another reliable target this year. Uh, TJ, before we move on from this game, is there anything else that you want to throw in? Oh, yeah. Here, here, real quick, top of your head, who had more targets last week, uh, Lazard or MVS? I'm, I'm going to say, because you're bringing it up, that it's MVS. Well, they were tied at eight, and uh, Tanyan only had four, which was a spike from the previous two games where he only had a, a pair of targets in each one. So I, I think uh, I think MVS's ownership is going to be depressed. I think he might be the big play guy. Uh, well, I, I don't think he might be. He, he's a boomer bust, big play guy. So I, that, that's very simple. But uh, a better price and lower ownership, I'd be more interested in MBS. Yeah, he's $3,900. So you save some money there as well. And again, if you want to pay up for Kelsey, then you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to find a cheap wide receiver to put in at least one of the wide receiver spots if you're paying 8000 for a tight end. Uh, listen, folks, the Super Bowl is coming up. And sure, we'll all be watching the game. But the best way to celebrate the biggest day in football is to bet on the game. And we want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors, the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for the Action Network Pro subscription, you get, you can get access. Boy, I, I miss Matt Jones when he used to do these reads. You can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game across all the professional leagues. You can see money and bet percentages on every game, so you can see the team professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of Pro Systems, which match historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. You can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. And for a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual Pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code ROTOVIZ. The offer will not last, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription. Use the promo code ROTOVIZ, receive 50% off, and start betting smarter today. All right, TJ, that takes us over to game two. The Bills. One more 
thing that we didn't touch on Tampa running backs. Oh, it's right. How can we forget about that? You know, you brought up you brought up Ronald Jones pre-game, uh, pre-show. Yeah, let's talk about him. It's it's a little bit of a gamble with these guys because the touches have been split. But Rojo definitely looked better of the two last week. He looked more explosive again, maybe a little bit well rested because he hasn't played as much lately, and he comes in, you know, significantly cheaper this week than Leonard Fournette. And you happen to be on Rojo this week, so talk about him. You know, I, I, I think I'm going to kind of err on the side of caution and play both uh, him and Fournette. But the thing that really struck me last week is I saw Brady is visibly frustrated with Fournette. You know, I, I, I don't remember if it was a drop or just doing something boneheaded that didn't work out. I remember seeing Brady visibly frustrated and almost looking to the sideline like, do we have someone else? So if Rojo is actually healthier this week and he can handle a workload against uh, what is absolutely the worst rush defense on the slate, then Rojo could absolutely be a hit. I mean, uh, we're looking at the spot where you could just pay down at running back and pay up everywhere else and uh, have some guys hit here at the running back position from this game. And I think Brady was visibly frustrated with multiple people last week. <laughs> Fournette was one of them, and it was a few old linemen that caught his wrath as well last week and that is Tom Brady in the playoffs it's business time so you are 100% right he wants guys out there that he wants out there he is running that offense in the playoffs and if you are not stepping up you're stepping out and that's a huge point I I think as the seasons progress we're seeing it he's doing what he wants and it works and the team's better for it and uh if we're honest statistics follow that trend so I I I we talked about Adams and the kind of cheaper guys to play on the Green Bay side, but in this game, in general, I'm just more interested in the Tampa side, and I do think they win this game. Well, there you have it. So, TJ obviously thinks that they, the Packers do not cover the spread because he thinks it's an outright win for, for Tampa. Um, I'm going with the Packers. Um, I expect it to be a close game, so if I say it's going to be a field goal game, that means the Packers will not cover in this game. So, um, but I don't know if I feel a fit in over at 51, TJ. What, what are you feeling? You think that they hit that 51 number? I do. I really do. Uh, I, I would certainly lean over in this game. I, I, I don't know. That, that Green Bay defense, it's like I feel like they're a paper tiger where they can just get blown up at any given time, and with – with what Brady's going to bring, what postseason Brady's going to bring in playoff game number 44, conference championship game number 14, no one else has eight. I'm going to go with Brady here to light him up. I'll take the over. Yeah, and like I said at the top, those two guys are going to factor into this game, Brady and Rodgers. Just, it's just that simple. Um, you feel more confident in Brady in that one. I feel uh, leaning Rodgers, so we will have to be back here to find out a week from now. We'll do a, a two weeks from now, I guess, a Super Bowl spectacular. So since there's only going to be one game that week, we might have to look up some props and, and have a little fun with that one when we get back to it. But It's going to be so much fun. Uh, almost a passing of the torch of the goat from Brady to the future goat Mahomes. It's going to be wonderful. Oh, wait, did I spoil something? Hold on. Oh, boy, somebody's getting ahead. I think we both think the Chiefs are going to win that one. But let's talk about it first. The Bills uh, come in with a 25.5 implied total and the Chiefs three points more at 28.5. So actually a, an expected closer game, not by a lot, 
but a higher total of 55. Both of these offenses put up plenty of points every time they took the field this year. Uh, we saw an absolute dazed Patrick Mahomes last weekend, which was an odd concussion. The way he fell looked more like he was maybe choked and had his oxygen cut off, and which led to him, uh, you know, maybe UFC style. But he he left the he left the field. We saw him run off the field to the locker room. Seemed like he was okay. But they were not taking any chances, and and I think that was probably the the best bet. And but boy, that set up for a pretty pretty exciting finish. And what they did and what they chose to do with Chad Henney. Um, listen, he's he's seventy six hundred dollars. We saw him leave last week. He was limited in practice on Thursday. I think every one of us expects that he's going to start the game this Sunday. TJ, where is your confidence level that he finishes the game this Sunday? I mean. If he starts the game, he finishes the game. There's no greater injury risk, you know. He, there, it, it goes back well, to he something. Has toe, he has a toe injury also, and he could take a hit uh, that could lose him up. You know, it could happen. I think that's insignificant, but it's something I've laughed at for years in the way things are reported, where people say a significant concussion or a light concussion. No, if you have a concussion, you have a concussion. And then when you're recovered from the concussion, you're, re- you're recovered from the concussion. So when he starts the game, he finishes the game. I don't I don't think that's a worry under any circumstance other than, you know, the, a freak injury. Those do happen. But, uh, yeah, so the question was finishing. Yeah, I, I say with the utmost confidence as much as I would say about Josh Allen, he starts the game, he finishes the game. I think I said a light concussion on one of the shows recently. We had a laugh back at that. Even I realized how dumb it sounded after you pointed it out. But so you said, you mentioned Josh. Sorry, Listen, you, I've been told I, I may, I've been told I was dumb before. Uh, it's not the first time it's thought of my mother. Um, Josh Allen comes in 6,900 um, and he's actually coming off his lowest point total of the 18 games that he has played this year. He scored just 12 and a half points last week we know he's been far better than that it was just a weird game with the Ravens last week I mean I just the insight my my daughter came home from Delaware I hadn't seen her for Christmas so she was home spending time with us and we were playing some games as a family and I did not get to watch the first half of this game so when I'm checking in on my phone I'm seeing zero 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 finally three nothing and I'm just like what and I have no idea what the hell is going on in the first half of the game and then but when I actually get the turning game on, it is when Lamar Jackson is getting <laughs> getting concussed himself and uh, and knocked out of that game. Um, you know, we've talked about every quarterback here so far on the slate. So of the four, TJ, if you were picking one quarterback that you absolutely like more than anybody else on this slate from these four, which direction are you going in? Man, I... Uh... For for me, the the decision is between Mahomes and Brady, and I think just from a price point perspective, I'd have to lean towards Brady. But you mentioned that game last week, Josh Allen and Lamar. You know, we saw two guys that honestly we saw some some choking in the playoffs previously, and they both kind of got over the hump. And then last week, it was like, uh, who wants to blow this harder? And obviously, it was Lamar. But uh, yeah, Allen was completely unimpressive as well, and now he's got to go on the road. And if you look at the Bills' schedule, they had to play one playoff team on the road this year, and that was an absolute drubbing against Tennessee, in which they didn't score any points. So I, I, I think there's real concern for Allen there, and he 
he's kind of in a tie for last with Rodgers as to who I want to play, but uh, I would put him above Rodgers. You know, and considering how poor of a point total Josh Allen had last week, it didn't seem to affect Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs, so if, if we talk about the wide receivers this week, the three big names, there's big names on the Buck side, but they, you know, they with the three of them together and the injuries, it's really Diggs, Tyreek, and and Adams. And Diggs is the cheapest of the three at 7,000. And he still managed to have eight receptions for 116 yards last week while Allen was having a down game. So he seems to be matchup proof. He seems to really have stepped up to the upper echelon of wide receivers uh, this year, especially in the later part of the year. So Tyreek 7,200, Diggs 7,000. Are you fighting to get both of them in? If you have to choose one of those two receivers in this game, which way do you lead? Lean, I guess is the word I should be using. Well, yeah, I, I guess I slightly lean Diggs. I, I do like Diggs a little better than Tyreek. Uh, if I'm ranking those big three, if I'm making a hierarchy, it's Adams, Diggs, then Tyreek. But obviously, you want to play them all when you can. Uh, there is, I mean, not a concern for Diggs, but I guess in addition to Diggs and even in a down game last week, here's another one quick off the top of your head. Who had more targets last week, John Brown or Stephon Diggs? You know, I, I, so I looked at this, and, and Brown really saw a lot of targets last week, and Brown, he pulled in a decent amount as well, 8 for 62 last week, and, and he might be the most um, of the secondary wide receivers in the game, the most interesting one, especially at the price point of 4,300. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I guess if you're playing Allen, he's easy to double stack. I mean, same with Mahomes, same with Brady, but uh, – I, I, I guess I have the least faith in Allen. Um, I, I, I really, I, if you can't tell, I'm having a bit of a hard time uh, breaking down how much I do love or hate quarterbacks this week. But I do know my uh, tiers would be a Mahomes and Brady tier than an Allen and Rodgers tier. All right, well, let's let's talk about a few of the other guys here. Uh, McCole Hardman finally saw the second most snaps of any wide receiver after Tyreek Hill last week. We know Sammy Watkins didn't play, um, but Watkins will have to find out on Friday if he plays. Obviously, if he is going to play, that cuts into Hardman's stock a little bit, but Hardman looked good uh, at times last week, and at 4,000, he, he poses that threat to take a ball to the house whether it be on a kick return or uh, end around or a reception, it's it's available anytime. So again, if you want to pay down for a cheaper wide receiver to get some other guys in, Hardman is somebody you might consider. Gabe Davis left with an ankle injury last week. He's you know at a threat not to play this week. He ended up with an offer as a result of that last week. Your boy Beasley, who who almost wiped you out last week, as you said, also pulled an offer. In the game, he's still not 100% right. So, you know, those lower guys there, let's, because let's, let's touch on showdown a little bit. But in showdown, you might have to slip in a Robinson or a Pringle or one of these guys. So, of the really deep dives in this game, TJ, does anybody pop up the plate or just throw a dart and hope that somebody could get you some points? Honestly, an active Sammy Watkins would be that guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, we, we've seen that once the playoffs hit and he's on the field, they, they turn to him. You know, he, he sees real volume and, and he has produced. Uh, 
I guess he he just seems more reliable come playoff time than in the regular season. I believe it's two years straight. We've seen that. And a calf injury, I think if it's something that he can be active, I think he can be effective. I don't know how much it'll slow him. It's probably just a re-aggravation risk. So Sammy Watkins basically is he is money week one of the season. Then he's gone for 15 weeks and then see you in the playoffs. And it's Sammy's a book. <laughs> yeah, he's a book and wide receiver. It bores out. I mean, if you look at it, it definitely bores out. Let's touch on the running backs in this game. CEH was limited on Thursday. There is a, a talk that he might play. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was held out of practice, and he's just not even being used. He saw two touches, uh, two uh, carries in last week's game. As you pointed out, Williams was the guy to look for. Uh, he paid off for both you and me. So we have a possibility for two really cheap, decent plays in this game alone because I think Devin Singletary, because of what the Chiefs defense has done against running backs this year, which is not – great Devin Singletary could be a really sneaky play at 4,500 also do you like either any any part of the running games in this game honestly uh if there is a play for me it's going to be uh Daryl Williams if and when CAH is ruled out but I don't think CAH is going to be ruled out I think he's going to play and I think we're going to see an ugly committee and I essentially am on I'm going to have the vast majority of my running back exposure from that first game. Uh, I think I want. I, I I think I just want to double stack uh, any quarterback I play in this game. Um, with Mahomes, you can get away with double stacking Kelsey with either wide receiver, but I'm just not going to be without Kelsey. We haven't really touched on him yet, but uh, I think the two lock button high prices are Kelsey and Adams, and then you kind of build around. Yeah, it's just flat out there is no more consistent guaranteed player in these two games than Travis Kelsey. He's he's just been locked in for his career, but over this season, and especially this half of the season, when Mahomes went out last week, he was still the guy that was leaned on by Henny, and he made very big plays in that game. And <clears throat> we know Tyreek caught the last pass that sealed the game, but the big plays – down the field were made by Kelsey and he's just an absolute mismatch for whoever he's going up against. So I agree with you hundred percent. He has to be in lineups. I'll go back and rework some lineups with him and Adams. I had did, I had did, this is the, the proper English time of the, of the show. I had done one lineup, as I mentioned, and in that lineup, I managed to get Tyreek Diggs and Kelsey in, but that was without playing Adams. So I could go back and rework that and see if I could do a couple of things with that. Maybe slip Lazard, uh, take Lazard out, which was my Green Bay guy, and slip in a cheap John Brown maybe as as a, as a alternative. Um, TJ, as we come to the end of the championship weekend slate, is there anything aside from those locks, as we just spoke about, that you want to implore people to do this week? Uh, I think – much like last week, I think we could see an odd thing where you can see two pass catchers from a team make that optimal or be high-end plays without using the quarterback. If you use Diggs and John Brown without Josh Allen last week, you did fine. You did great. So I, I, I think this is the 
I almost confused myself in the middle of those sentences before talking about the quarterbacks. And I, I, I think some anti-correlation or just kind of ignoring correlation this week could be a benefit. All right. Well, if you're playing along at home and paying attention, TJ next week has the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. It's two weeks from now. We forget we have the bye week. And I have it Chiefs-Packers uh, myself. Um, the only thing we need to touch on is do we hit the over on 55 in the late game? Man, uh, that one I think I lean under. Uh, so it, 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 that, that one is more difficult for me to make a pick than the first one. I think the first one I was more easily able to just say, yes, I believe it goes over. This one's a tight number, but I would lean under. You think this is a tight game, a close game, or do you think the Chiefs get no, up? No, uh, tight to, to the total, I should say. I, I do think the Chiefs win fairly easily, but I think the outcome is tight to the betting line on the total. Very good. All right. Well, that is the end of this show. As I said before, we'll be back in two weeks for the Super Bowl show. And we'll take an interesting look into that game because we have one game. We'll probably um, obviously touch on showdown because it's a one-game slate. And uh, we'll try to get some player props and some other things, make it a little bit of a, a gambling type type of show overall, TJ. But um, thank you for tuning in to On The Daily DFS. Check us out on Twitter. Give us a follow, lock into the show. That way you know when we are on live. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely be back all next year with Matt Jones with some more good takes. And until that time, we'll see you and hopefully we'll be in the